1: 18 plus okay round two name something that's not boring
2: a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh
1: Ah, oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
2: No
0: practice doing podcasts, just one microphone is all. Sometimes I have some guests and we, we talk baseball. How is that for an intro everyone? Welcome back to the Lookout Landing Podcast. We're doing another episode of Why I'm a Mariners Fan with a very special guest. Um, today's is... Brittany Bush Belay, uh, full Mariners fan, full internet presence,
2: full... (laughs) Extremely uh, online.
0: Yeah, extremely online (laughs) Seattle resident. Brittany, welcome to uh, the recording
2: studio. Thank you.
0: We are, uh, for the listeners, we are in a a palatial recording studio, (laughs) I would say, surrounded by various kinds of marble. Both of us are wearing silk robes, Mm -hmm. uh, provided by Vox Media, of course. Thank you, Vox. Uh, There's a candle, some of it. Is for the vibe some of it is because I'm a young single man and there are some smells in this apartment (laughs) occasionally but we're not here to talk about that. Slash recording studio. Slash recording studio yeah. Penthouse
2: recording studio apartment.
0: We have converted it into sort of a hybrid situation and it's working well so people seem to like it.
2: I mean you live for your work so you might as well live at your work. Thank you
0: so much I appreciate that. This is work (laughs) this is my art form and I take it very seriously. Um, but yes, we are here to talk about why we are Mariners fans. Um, it's an interesting thought process in the offseason <laughs> when the Mariners feel so distant. Like, I haven't really given a lot of thought to the roster or, like, offseason trades or anything. I don't know if you have, but.
2: I just. I overheard someone talk the other day about trading Tom Murphy and I almost cried. Oh, no. So that was.
0: We can't have that. No. The backup catcher has to be the priority of the offseason. I
2: mean. That's that's why they don't let me run the team. That
0: is true. Yeah, we would probably we would rule the team with our heart first. I would have backup. an all
2: catcher team. Actually, all backup catcher team. I think that's probably technically impossible, but we could make it work. Yeah, believe.
0: no one's tried it yet, and that's usually what leads yeah. to the sweeping changes. Is someone trying to zig where everyone else is zagging? So I think that's kind of kind of what we're doing here, also. You know, the baseball podcast mm-hmm. that's very meta about baseball <laughs> and podcasting itself. Um, I'm especially intrigued by your like fandom origin story mm-hmm. because correct me if I'm wrong, but you are not from here originally. I
2: am not. I've um, I've lived in Seattle for about 13 years now, but I did I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, and I uh, wandered around the world for a bit before ending up here.
0: So you never you didn't grow up here at all. Never lived here until making the move as an adult.
2: I had never. <laughs> I, because I grew up in Nashville, I'd never crossed the Mississippi until I was like twenty-one, just wow. shy thereof. Okay. Yeah, so I never growing up like a grunge loving kid in Nashville. Like I never even imagined that I would get anywhere near Seattle.
0: Interesting. And then you got here, and you were like, baseball. I guess will be the new grunge <laughs> <Yes>. music.
2: <laughs> you know, now I kind of like. I'm gonna think about that for a while. Actually, yeah, you yeah. could write
0: something for lookoutlanding.com. Maybe <laughs> how baseball is the new grunge because you have to be here to fully appreciate it. That could be an angle. We'll work on we'll it. We'll work on it. Obviously, um, so that makes you then the first guest who has never, who never grew up in the Seattle area. Okay. Yeah, Isabel is on. She kind of bounced around between California mm-hmm. and Seattle as a mm-hmm. kid. But you're the first one who. Sort of came to the Mariners on their own volition, not just, like, (laughs) your parents sitting you down in front of the TV and saying, this is what we do.
2: Yeah, my family actually, like, my dad's a giant college football fan. Okay. We didn't do baseball, and I mostly lived with my mom, and she didn't do sports. Like, I did not. I grew up watching figure skating and gymnastics, which I didn't think were sports, which we can talk about at a different time, because there's a lot to unpack there. But, sure. But, like, yeah, I didn't even, like, I didn't understand how football worked until I was in high school. Uh, didn't didn't watch baseball, none of that, so.
0: Never played it or anything?
2: Not out, outside of, like, the front yard when I was a kid.
0: Interesting. Okay, so then when did you move to Washington or Seattle or whatever?
2: I was 20... 25, I guess, when I moved
0: Okay. Here. Are the Mariners good or bad when you move here? I don't know. You don't well, know? I, no, so, it was
2: still more, it was, there was like years between oh, interesting. and my Mariners fandom. Oh, this so, is this is great, because yeah. usually it's
0: just, you know, everyone I've talked to so far, it's like, yeah, I grew up here and my family was into sports, so I became a Mariners fan. Yeah. But so, how long did it take then from moving here to actually starting to dip your toe in the Mariners' water?
2: Um... You know, we went. My husband and I used to go a, like just here and there when we first moved here. It'd be like someone he knew at work had tickets. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, hey, not using them? I was like sure. You know, I don't. I'd been to. Um, I'd been to one major league baseball game actually, and when I graduated from Hebrew School, mm. we went to New York City. Fun for our for our graduation trip, and we went to a Mets game. Um, Shea Stadium. It was a Mets. Red Sox game oh wow it was the first year of interleague play and the Mets got stomped (laughs) I've gone back and found the score I don't remember it but I just remember that the Mets fans were so mad they started making paper airplanes and throwing them from the top deck into the field and the police had to come and make them stop and I was like baseball is crazy yeah <laughs> introduction
0: <laughs> to baseball and just new york guys. yeah yeah
2: and also i was like oh man new york it's everything i ever heard about yeah that's
0: hilarious <laughs> to me because i feel like that could almost be a turn off a lot of ways especially if you're like an impressionable kid and you see how people behave at baseball stadiums i would yeah. feel like i wouldn't want to be a part of that
2: yeah, i don't know it that didn't stop me
0: interesting so then i'm
2: not scared of much though so okay, that's good.
0: Because Mets, that's a very scary thing to be introduced to. It's like showing a horror movie to a kid, I feel like. Um, so then, so you mentioned your husband would, like, mm-hmm. you and your husband would go to games like, yeah. occasionally, but when did you start to, like, when did this the switch flip, I guess, where you're like, this went for something I was kind of interested in, mm-hmm. to now this is, like, I'm an actual Mariners fan?
2: So it, it all started um, in 2013. My kid, who's now seven, he was just about to turn one, mm-hmm. and one thing they don't necessarily tell you about parenting is it's really tedious, especially with, like, a really small kid. just, like, trying to get out of the house, bored out of my mind, what's cheap, what's outside, the weather's nice, baseball, let's go buy some bleacher tickets and just go check it out, and, um, he loved it. Hmm like it started with him really he really? would just like he would creep up and down the bleachers people would feed him whoa <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like kind of weird but also you know they're adults making their own decisions about their own food so yeah. uh, sure i guess it's kind of generous yeah share your popcorn with my kid whatever and he likes the music and he like liked to dance around and i was like yeah this is cool and sitting in the centerfield bleachers was like five bucks at yeah. that time because huh. uh, we weren't real good and
0: 2013 no and still in
2: 2019 <laughs> well, it's, wait um, so do
0: you think it was more at this age it sounds like it was more the experience that he was drawn to than the actual baseball or is it kind of both like it, he just sounds like he liked being he at, just liked being in a baseball yeah. game and that's
2: how it started for me too It was like just like the atmosphere and it's just like like wandering around the park for a couple of innings and you kind of hmm. check in on what's going on and like you know get a hot dog go back um it, Again, in like weird, slightly cursed baseball history. I'm pretty sure the first game we went to was a Blue Jays series. So frankly, I don't know know why I ever went back. But, um, yeah. And so we just started going and started going more. And then in 2014, we went to a whole bunch of games. And then that was the year that we were looking at maybe like the wild card spot, if I recall. Yeah, first Canoe year. So they are like... Yeah, get your season ticket deposit in now And you can get wild card tickets And oh, I no. was like, alright, fine, here we go we were go. bamboozled by and hope so, And so, and, um Yeah
0: So that's, okay, so then 2014 is a very interesting time I feel mm-hmm. like to kind of decide Like I'm gonna do this Because mm-hmm. that is the one time in Since 2002 or three Where mm-hmm. it's like they could actually be something. It's not just like we're going or you're getting season tickets because yeah. they're cheap and no one will be there. Right. It's like I could actually be a part of a good Mariners team. Yeah.
2: Was and that the year that it was like we're waiting like at the last game of the season on the A's? Yeah, and...
0: 2014 was yeah. the one where yeah, Felix comes off the mound and he tips his cap <laughs> yes. and everything. And then the very next year they get Nelson Cruz and it do way worse, I believe. So that's, yeah. that's kind of what your introduction is to like full on Mariner fandom. That's fascinating to me. Because for me, it was kind of the... Well, for me, the first team I really remember was 2001, which is like, literally the best team of all time. Mm -hmm. So I'm very jaded at that point. I'm like, oh, my God, our team is amazing. (laughs) Nothing will ever go wrong. And then I had to relearn to almost like the Mariners again when they Mm -hmm. sucked and, like, find new ways to sort of, like, appreciate it. And I feel like you, like, 2014 to 15 to 16 to 17, it's so, like, topsy-turvy. Yeah, yeah. Did How did your kid handle that?
2: Um... The funny thing is, he's like way more pragmatic about it than me. Really, I like, um, I get and I I get really attached to the players. I'm really attached. I know better. I get really attached, and then like every time there's a trade, I dread having to tell him. And every time he's like, "Oh, okay," really, and then just like like water off a duck's back.
0: Huh. You don't even um, have to explain like the rationale behind a trade. that like no, you're going to get these other players. No, just no. He, like, never hey. he
2: never asked me what the return is. Wow, and he's, he's like, cold. <laughs> he is. See you later, James Paxton. Probably it makes for a really good baseball fan, frankly. But I think so. Yeah, that cold detachment <laughs> yeah. will serve him
0: well later. Huh. Okay. So how is how does like having a kid who's into it and bringing your kid to mm. games how does that like change sort of your lens of baseball because I don't even have any sort of reference for that I'm just like I like it this is for me and you mm-hmm. have a kid who you have to like kind of raise into being a person but also into fandom and how those things interact you know like being a, a good fan and all whatever that means
2: yeah once I realized that I really liked baseball and I wanted to keep coming back I, w- I had to focus like, I started then, I want to make sure that my kid has a good time at the park, so that he wants to keep coming back, so as he's older, like, the game obviously is going to mean different things to him, but it was something that we did together, and so, you know, like, we spent a lot of time at the playground the first couple of years, We're like, well, we're going to get there a little bit late, because, like, I'm trying to get on the bus, and he's having a hard time, because he's a toddler, like, whatever, it just had to be super laid back, even cool. when I didn't necessarily feel that laid back about it, um just wanted to make sure it was like a happy place for him to be and uh, and as we've gone along like he more and more like he'll sit through a whole game now most of the time Um,
0: that's better than what I'll do a lot of the time and he
2: like he knows how to keep score I learned how to keep score because my kid wanted to learn how to keep score really and I was like well I should probably also learn and then I can help him
0: yeah keeping score is huge my grandpa taught me how to keep score when I was really little and I think that helped me be able to actually follow a baseball game a lot yeah. more and be interested in it rather than just the outcomes. Like you actually tracking yeah. each batter and stuff. That was that was massive for me. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I have ADHD, so it really helps me focus. Nice,
0: cool. Um, so, have you had any like weird experiences at the ballpark? I mean, we all have had like weird experiences, <laughs> but with like a kid, you know, you have people drunk, people yelling and screaming. Like, are people a little more courteous, or did your did your kid get like a full introduction <laughs> to like this is how people behave at sporting events?
2: Um, I don't I mean I think Mariners fans are usually pretty chill I haven't I don't think I've had a ton of weird experiences that's true actually now that I think general, about it like,
0: most of it is the opposing fans who make yeah, things bad
2: yeah Um. again there have been a couple uh, series where it's gotten kind of tense you hear that Canada Um. but I don't know if he really like got that it was getting tense and I don't think I've ever heard anyone like yell some word that he's never heard before like people will swear nearby and they'll turn around and like apologize to me oh wow he's heard that from me probably (laughs) he swears perfectly oh he swears when he swears at sports he does a really good job so (laughs) honestly i think that's an important lesson like you don't want your you don't want him to learn that
0: later and sound all unnatural you know like someone who's never done it before you got to learn that early um how many games a year do you think you normally go to
2: so last year, I went to 64 Mariners games. Oh, my God. Uh, 64 regular season Mariners games.
0: Plus. That's like almost all of the home games.
2: Because <laughs> we went to Japan. <laughs> okay. So we got the two regular season games in Japan, and um, almost all of them. I mean, I have season tickets.
0: Right, and you use them. A lot but of people I, will start to give them away yeah, in no, September. Yeah, no, it's
2: like... I a ticket, I might as well go, and by August, September, they're not necessarily worth anything, so... Right, and then you could probably,
0: like, you know, move down yeah. easier for autographs for your kiddo. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I feel like that can backfire, though, being at the stadium that much when the team is so bad, <laughs> because it's, like, being confronted very bluntly by the badness. Maybe having a kid helps, where it's, like, you're not just there for the manners.
2: I mean, there are definitely, there are some, some of the, like, the long home stands in, like, the second half of the season have felt, like, slogs... I wanted to beat my record to of how many games I ever doing this so season yeah, before. I mean there's obviously a fine there's a it's a finite number. Um, I don't know. It'd probably be I don't know that I'll ever get to eighty one home games, but
0: it's a cool thing to like strive for though. And also if you don't, you can just lie to people. No one's gonna know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you can just say That's I went to true. all eighty one home games when people try to like quiz you on your fandom. Right, right. Yeah. Like I was there for every game. What have you been doing? Yeah. But, like, being there, and this is, I mean, back to me, because this is all about me. Right? <laughs> when I'm, like, at a bad Mariners game where they're getting blown out, and mm-hmm. it's, like, you know, 8 nothing in the third inning, that's mm-hmm. when I'm, like, I wish I had just not gone to this game, because then I could just turn it off. You know, I don't want to turn mm-hmm. it off when I'm there. So then it's, like, I feel like I have, like, my eyes pried open, but, you know? It's, like, they're <laughs> forcing me to watch this thing I don't want. So I'm wondering if, like, kind of having that other vessel, the vessel being your mm-hmm. kid, mm-hmm. to, like... Experience it with makes mm-hmm. like the losing a little easier.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, probably. And also, I'm mean, going to plug this is where the Twitter community comes in. Like, love Twitter. When you're part of Mariners Twitter, you're never watching the game alone, folks. You got to so, get on Twitter. <laughs> so there's, there's like a there's a like a baseball group chat that I'm in, and definitely like all of like lookout landing like staff and hangers on on Twitter and sometimes sometimes you just text somebody and you just like oh my god I'm banging my and head against the wall right now. Yeah. Like depending there's there's levels but
0: No that'll certainly help because I remember in high school uh, this was like 2011 to 2013-ish mm-hmm. um, I was like pretty invested in the Mariners and they were awful and a lot of my friends were like why? Why are you doing this? Like why are you staying home to watch the Mariners? And I didn't have like that online community or just real-life community of mm-hmm. people where I can, you know, complain about Blake Bevan or whatever it was, you know? And I feel mm-hmm. like now the online fandom thing is so real because it does it does make you feel less alone, just mm-hmm. to put it, you know, in the most simple terms. But also I feel like it can remind you why you got into it in the first place. Like, having mm-hmm. other people who care equally as much as you do is so yeah. powerful. Um,
2: yeah, I think if I hadn't found the community, I wouldn't my baseball fandom would not be nearly as intense as it's gotten and um, you know I go to the park and I just like literally run into people that I know sure like wandering around this giant stadium and and, um, not as much this season but last season every time I would run into someone I knew just about and you know if you sit in the bleachers you can usually just go sit with them hang out right Um, and I've learned so much from everybody that I know I never, like, because most of the baseball fans way longer yeah. than me, and I just feel like I'm playing catch-up all the time. Yeah, I forgot about <laughs> but that I have great, like, uh,
0: yeah. Like, learning on the fly, I feel like, would also help a lot with, you know, our extremely smart, extremely nice community. Mm. because like, And
2: handsome.
0: And yeah. handsome, yeah, we're all very handsome, mm-hmm. yeah. Very, um, really just accomplished people, I think, <laughs> in all aspects. But I didn't even really consider that because, like, For me, like, obviously I had to learn baseball along the way, but it was just much quicker. Like, my dad was my youth baseball coach, so Mm -hmm. I kind of had that right away. And I feel like it would be very intimidating to have to, like, learn all of the nuance of baseball as you're, like, doing baseball fully. You know what I mean? Like, did you have that that sort of issue where you're like, oh, my God, they're going to... Find out I'm a fraud or something like that. <laughs>
2: I mean, I still feel that, that way sometimes. <laughs> especially when people bring up like advanced statistics and stuff. I'm like, that. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm still like, I, I like them when
0: I'm writing because it's <laughs> mm-hmm. like tells me who, you know, who was better than who or who did what. But like when I'm mm-hmm. watching the game, I'm never thinking about like, oh, you know, he has this ground ball rate or whatever. I'm right. just watching baseball. Yeah.
2: I feel more. I don't know, like not like a fraud, but when people bring up like their favorite Mariners from like fifteen years ago, I don't know who that is. Sure. You guys are all suddenly I'm on the outside for a second, which is like it means fine, it's no big deal, but. And they like quickly Google and like oh, yeah. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna pretend like I have like memories in my yeah. head of them, but I'm like, oh, okay, that's what that is. I mean, yeah, I have that too, just from
0: <laughs> you know, the wonder of youth. Like I don't know anyone. I mean, Griffey was the first one that I like knew about, but I don't mm-hmm. have any actual memories of Ken Griffey Jr. being yeah. a mariner until the second time at least. Right.
2: Well and I was lucky enough to see him the second time. I was lucky enough to see Ichiro and I think that probably helped too, like even even then, even as, like, a very casual baseball fan, I knew that I was seeing something special, and that was cool, because, like, I knew who Ken Griffey Jr. was just from, like, the zeitgeist, you know? Totally. Um,
0: And I think now um, that's going to become, which is kind of sad to me, because I just wish it was a Marinette. but I think mm -hmm. that's what Russell Wilson is becoming for this generation of kids in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Like, they may not necessarily like football, but they understand that Russell Wilson is a big deal, and he kind of elevates the brand, you know, mm-hmm. for the Seahawks or what Griffey was doing for the Mariners. It's weird, isn't it? Like, I feel like baseball is much more fun when it's communal. Like, the way that the mm-hmm. Seahawks became, like, a thing in Seattle when mm-hmm. they won the Super Bowl. Like, I miss that about mm-hmm. the Mariners so hard. And I guess you weren't even here for that when they were, like, 2001, no. like 2001, late 90s, when they were just murdering people.
2: No. Uh, no, I actually wasn't even living in... Country at that time, so I had like I had no, no idea.
0: So you mentioned okay, you mentioned the players (laughs) that like you know you don't have like a frame of reference for some of the older ones. Who was the first Mariner player that you felt like really attached to?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, actually, you're you're gonna think. (laughs) Was it it a backup catcher? It was no, actually, it was Dustin Ackley. Oh, okay, that makes sense (laughs) because we sat right over where he played. We sit in the left, left-field bleachers, and we would, like, look down, and there's Dustin Ackley, yeah. and, like, with this crazy beard, and making catches and stuff, and... I can see that. He was yeah. very
0: approachable. Like, especially when he was young, and mm-hmm. he was, like, you know, the hope. Everyone was like, okay, this is... We want to root for him. And then yeah. it quickly flipped where everyone <laughs> was like, we want to hate him, we yeah. want him out. But I can see that. I also feel like, like having a guy who's not necessarily great Kind of like enhances fandom a little bit like it's so easy to be like oh yeah i love felix i love ichiro right. But like you know like i was a big like mike mike cameron was pretty good but like i was a big mark McLemore fan who like wasn't a superstar at all mm-hmm. like willie bloomquist was a big person for me i loved like middle relievers like the wilhelmsons the furbush tom Wilhelmson it right. helps that they're usually weirdos too all-time favorite yeah. tom is he Wilhelmson, really all-time know, favorite?
2: all-time favorite baseball player tom wilson 100 he's my guy we have two autographed Tom and jerseys. Wow. Yeah, two of them. Two of them.
0: You might have the most of anyone on Earth.
2: <laughs> you probably do.
0: Maybe outside the Wilhelmson family. start the
2: museum. Um, Tom, if you're listening, I'm not creepy. I just love you. I just love you. Um, what is he doing? He listens, right? He
0: probably listens.
2: Uh, He was on, I don't know. if it was in the radio call or in the park for the Diamondbacks not long ago, but I think that cool. was just like a one-off. Okay. Thing, I think he's just being a really cool dad. I think oh, I is love most that. Most of most of what I see, I think he like maybe like is an ambassador for a tequila company. That sounds just very, continuing very to well be done. like on brand. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
0: Okay. I want to keep up with him because I feel like that's the other thing about sports fandom is when someone leaves your team, it's very easy to be like, all right, see ya, yeah. and like you don't really check up. Internet makes it a lot easier, obviously, to see what they're doing. But yeah, like I can't imagine, you know, when it was like the dark ages of, you know, 70s, 80s. You love a player. They get traded. You never see them on TV because TV so limited. There's no internet. Like, they would just kind of disappear from your life, I feel like. Yeah. Like, I still feel like I know a lot about what James Paxton is up to. I'm sure you are kind of the same way. Like, obviously rooting for him in the playoffs. But also, like, he had to shave. And, like, that was, that <laughs> that was, was the weird. whole thing. Yeah. And, like, he lives <laughs> in New York City now, which feels like the last place James Paxton would ever choose to live. Yeah. It's wild. Sports do crazy things to our emotions, like, and being mm. attached to literal strangers.
2: Thing. Yeah, Yes.
0: Um, but I guess for you, you had, you know, the Maple Grove is a little more of, like, a, a real attachment to a player.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just as much attachment to the community, like, at that sure. point. Like, I got sucked into loving James Paxton because I love people in the Maple Grove. Right. Um, That's interesting. But there was definitely, like, more of an actual connection there than than I have experienced in other times. And that felt pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, How do you... I feel like a big part of your brand, extremely heavy (laughs) air quotes, is like, for lack of a better term, just like calling out bullshit when you see it. Standing up for what is morally right. And uh, now, Brittany, I don't know if you knew this, but a lot of times the goings-on in sports, Mm -hmm. not morally right. Oftentimes, Morally very, very <laughs> More wrong. wrong So how Have you had the like I mean I'm sure you have We all have at some point Like how do you Wrestle with that Or especially even When it comes to your kid Like if you have to explain A sports scandal Has that come um, up yet? Um
2: I mean that's a really That's a good question I feel like we've talked A little bit maybe About like Um Like Rose Chapman mm-hmm. And like why I s- s- Like Will Not Watch him Sure Pitch Um I haven't talked to him about the Astros and the sign stealing yet. Well that's That one's
0: pretty <laughs> mild. That could be a nice introduction to yeah, sports badness. Yeah. Um, like do you feel yeah. like there's a responsibility to explain like the the underside of sports? Or do you want to just keep him kind of naive at this point?
2: I think he's real young.
0: Yeah. No, I understand <laughs> and I, that. And I
2: want him to be a kid, I yeah. think, you know?
0: Yeah. I guess though, I guess. The, the reason why I started thinking about it is because it feels like now they're, like there's so many ways for him to just find out anyway, like mm-hmm. school, the internet, whatever. I don't know how much your kid is online, but like...
2: <laughs> My kid is extremely not online, right. Yeah,
0: like I just remember um, I was probably about as old as your kid is now mm-hmm. when uh, Kobe Bryant's sexual assault scandal happened, and I was like, I was very confused, obviously, because yeah. I just know Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, right. and the superstar basketball player who I like Enjoyed watching, and then I had to sort of piece it together without anyone telling me straight up what happened, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a weird feeling because then you hear from like kids at school, it's like, My dad told me this, and you're like, I don't think that's right. Mm -hmm. And then you hear from another kid, it's completely different. So I don't know, the sports part of sports that isn't sports, like the off the field (laughs) stuff, the like actual human element of it, I feel like can get so messy. And it's like, it is kind of unnecessary, I guess, to like bring such a pure person into that, like a mm-hmm. child. But I also feel like, you know, eventually he's going to want to know what happened with Kevin Mather or something mm-hmm. like that. So I'm just curious how you kind of tiptoe that, or I guess it sounds like you might just straight up ignore it for right now.
2: Well, I mean, sometimes he'll bring up things like he'll once he's like, oh man, I really like this player, I want to cheer for him. And he'll go, do you like the mom? And i will be awesome. like, yeah, no, not so much. I don't really cheer for them. And then, mm-hmm. if he, you know, if he asks why, I'll say, well, I just, I think you're not a very nice person.
0: That's pretty good. And then
2: he just, he just usually doesn't ask anymore. So I let it be led by him. You know, if he comes in with questions about any of that, then I'm going to try to be as honest with him as I can. If, sure. I mean, yeah, I whatever level is appropriate, but... Yeah.
0: I definitely remember, you know, nice or not nice is really all that matters when you're a little kid. Yeah. you find out someone's not nice, mm-hmm. they're canceled. You know <laughs> I mean? That was the original cancel culture. It was kids finding out people weren't nice
2: in elementary school cancel culture is harsh man is it it's real Oh no, not kids it getting canceled flips around quick I think well you know like playground drama I guess I guess but I didn't realize <laughs> that it
0: was like they're just done Do they have to no leave? I'm
2: being dismissive about it but I think they're really working out at this age a lot of the like social dynamics I see and so they're definitely like days when, when kid will come home and like, yes like we were at the playground today and This other kid, like, Bob wasn't following the rules. Oh, no. And, like, that made me really upset because it wasn't fair. Fairness is really big with him right now.
0: Interesting. Well, that's that's a beautiful segue because the Mariners have not had their share of (laughs) of fairness. You would think just by the pure passage of time Mm -hmm. that they would have had some success, at least played in one playoff game. Mm -hmm. Like, that would seem fair, right, from the universe to actually just give us some good fortune. And that has literally not happened since you've lived here. It hasn't happened for anyone in 18 years or yeah. whatever it is. So does that, like, weigh on you? Or is it kind of like you're just, since you're kind of new to it, does it feel, like, a little less heavy?
2: I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I mean, I haven't ever had it, like you said. So it's yeah. not, like, there's something that was there and then it's missing. Um, I will say that this year doing like, the First Sounders playoff game. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there, and that was like an intense game, and like back and forth, the one that would take extra time. And I had this thought in the back of my head I was like, oh, maybe having your team in the playoffs is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, this isn't the first year that I've followed the Sounders, but it was like the, the first year um, that I've been more like, this was the first year I'm a season taker with the Sounders. Okay. Too. And so yeah. it's been like the whole season, it's been the whole story. And then I'm like, I don't know if I really want this right now, because everything could be terrible in a moment.
0: It's exhausting, for sure. Like, having to actually (laughs) agonize over things. Like, I remember the first uh, Seahawks Super Bowl run with Pete Carroll, not the one in 05-1 that ended up winning the Super Bowl. I had that exact thought where I was like, if the Mariners play a playoff series seven games of this i'm going to die
2: (laughs) all of us are gonna be in a heap because i get
0: i don't know i i feel like i'm pretty chill pretty mellow in most things but when it's things that i can't control but i want a certain outcome i kind of get like i think antsy is the right word because you're just like just do it just win yeah like i was at um the Storm, one of the Storm playoff games against Phoenix and mm-hmm. it would have been 2018, I guess, the most recent championship. Mm-hmm. And, like, watching Diana Taurasi just lurk, I was like, she's coming. I know I just, I know what's happening. I know what's happening. And that was the game where she made, like, the crazy turnaround three in the corner to go to overtime. Mm-hmm. And I was so, like, mad isn't even the word. I was so defeated. Like, because I think that part of that was being conditioned by the Mariners. I was like, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. The Storm ended up winning that game and then winning the championship, obviously. So that whole feeling was kind of unnecessary but there is that that whole like that dread that i feel like kind of hangs over sports mm-hmm. even if it is the sounders or the storm or the seahawks mm-hmm. or a team that's good there's still that like knowing that they have so much power to hurt you right. is so scary
2: but then the flip side when it's so close and so intense and then they win it's amazing so what you're saying <laughs> is
0: winning is good you're pro winning i'm pro winning okay
2: I think I don't value it as much as other people
0: do. <laughs> do I think that's healthy though. That's probably um, the best way to do it.
2: I just just like baseball, man.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> how much how much interest are you giving the rest of Major League Baseball or like the minor leagues, like things that aren't necessarily the Seattle Mariners?
2: Um, like I'll usually watch it if it's on. It was having played fantasy baseball the past couple of years has drawn me more into yeah. other teams. Um, and you know I watch the playoffs. I love playoff baseball. I'll get, I'll get involved in the the world series um i mean i went to arizona fall league so i can't really pretend i'm like some sort of filthy casual (laughs) right that's hardcore that's that's in the weeds baseball Uh, you and five other people yeah yeah
0: but that's i mean that's another thing that i think can grow your fandom or like your appreciation for just baseball like all the, the rhythms and like how because those kids at the Arizona Fall League, like they know, some of them, they're not going to be superstars, they might not mm-hmm. even make the big leagues, they just do it because they like it, or they have a dream, and I feel mm-hmm. like we can all, as cynical as some of us might be, we can all relate to that part, at mm-hmm. least. Or just like being at a baseball game, there's something that is like magical about that, even mm-hmm. if you know your team is 90 games under 500 or whatever, you're still like watching baseball. It-
2: Mike Leek could very nearly throw a perfect game. He sure could. Right in I was sitting right here for that, watching it unfold,
0: terrified because I was like, I'm going to have to recap a fucking Mike Leek perfect game. I'm not ready for that. And then luckily Mike was chill enough to just give up one little baby hit, yeah. which seems like the most Mike Leek move of all time. That's gold glove winner Mike Leak, by the way. That's true. That's that's pretty big time. That's, so you never know
2: what's going
0: to happen. You never know what's going to happen, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, I feel like that's especially true for someone who's at the stadium that much. Do you have, like, a seminal memory from being there? Because it's all, obviously, it's all regular season. We don't have the, the cool playoff moment. But I know for me, like, I've gotten lucky enough to just, you know, be at a couple no-hitters and things like that, where it's mm-hmm. like you literally have no idea what's going to happen anytime you show up at a baseball game.
2: Yeah, we were at the Kumano hitter. That was pretty cool. Me too. Um... There was one game, I guess it was two seasons ago, it was a Maple Grove game, and James Paxton got like 10 or 12 strikeouts, and then, and I feel terrible, I don't remember if it was Nelson Cruz or Robbie Cano hit his like 300th oh, okay run, was it? Because they both did it that season, I don't remember which it. one was which, but it was just like... All of that like with all of my best friends and that's one of my that's one of my favorite baseball memories. Yeah.
0: When all of the best things happen at once, it's very hard to not think that there's like something special about what you're doing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it'd be very fucked up to be at a game like that and be like, Oh well, you know, they haven't made the playoffs in eighteen years. <laughs>
2: right. It's like who who
0: is that line of thought for? Like I just I don't know. I get that it's kinda of natural, like people are very results oriented with sports, mm. but it doesn't feel like that's really helping anybody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because you have to be realistic. Like, we know next year they're not going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm not going to like baseball.
2: But they're going to start the season, like, 17-2 and two again, true. and then we're all going to be like, I can't, yeah. I can't, but I want to. <laughs> yeah. That was such a weird <laughs> thing last year. I couldn't,
0: like... I mean, the thing about baseball being so long is that you just know that, like, nothing will last. Even if it's, you know, extreme badness, extreme goodness, mm-hmm. even extreme normalcy. Like, mm-hmm. going exactly 500 is hard to do. Yeah. So you have to, like... But the 13-2 and two start was so alarming because I was like, I can't. Like, I... <laughs> it felt like a false <laughs> Gro- signal. Because well, yeah. we
2: all remember, like, last season, it was, like, astonishing. And then it felt like at the All-Star break, everything just... Oh yeah, pieces, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like that, that crushed me. I think it, yeah. That, <laughs> I
0: think this 2019 was a natural, I think, splintering point for a lot of people because yeah. not only was it like coming off the emotional labor of following the 2018 team mm-hmm. who almost made the playoffs and then completely did not make the playoffs, but then they get rid of everyone, and you're like, well, this seems like you know, I like that team. Now this is a completely different team. You've seen in your short time following the managers like 12 different teams basically like I don't know it's so hard to like get yourself psyched up again sometimes and I think the 13 and 2 start did kind of help for that but Mm -hmm. then it only just makes it worse when they go whatever it is the rest of the season and win like you know 10% of their games. yeah there's no greater point there I was just (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't gonna like you know come up with something clever to say at the end of that but I guess then we should move to the big question here kind of The ethos of this whole podcast series, which is, we talked about how you became a Mariners fan, Uh why, where, all that, but the real question is, what keeps bringing you back? What is it about the start of a new season that kind of draws you back to to T-Mobile, or even just following the Mariners? It's
2: just fucking hope, man. Wow. It's just, you go in... On the first day, and there's the bunting, and there's, like, the big ceremony, and everybody comes out, and it's just, it's just all new. It's all new over again, and anything can happen. And at the beginning of every single game, anything can happen.
0: Yeah. I need to figure out the life equivalent of bunting. Like, something to signify, <laughs> this is big. Like, get excited. This is your new day. Like, I know. Maybe I need to, like, actually buy some bunting for my life and just carry it around. <laughs> put it up at work. Put it up in my bedroom.
2: We could work on that for, like, a, an off-season article, too. Like, how to you mm. incorporate right bunting into your day-to-day life?
0: That's true, yeah. How to make every day feel like opening day. <laughs> Do you hear that? I think it was Nick Castellanos on the Cubs. Someone was like, you know, Nick, you weren't. He got traded mid-season to mm-hmm. the Cubs. And one of the reporters was like, yeah, Nick, you know, you weren't here opening day. And he stops him and he goes, prove to me that today's not opening day. And they're <laughs> like, what? He's like, today, as far as I'm concerned, is opening day. And, like, he was definitely, like, kind of joking, but at the same time, I was like, he might be a genius. Uh, Like, if you approach every day like it's that excitement of a new day and not August in Milwaukee or whatever, (laughs) it has to have some positive effect, especially for a baseball player who's doing it 162 times in 180 days or whatever it is.
2: So do you think that fits into the whole, like, daily stoic book and ethos that so many of them follow, or is Mm. it the complete opposite
0: well, I I have a tough time relating to anyone who does the the daily stoic like, you know, just another day at work, like, you know, gonna put our head down and grind, through it one day yeah. at a time. Like that just doesn't seem like your natural thought process. Like it's weird to me to think like these are humans, they have real mm-hmm. thoughts and then when they actually have to express them, they just dumb it down to like, Yeah, you know, both teams play hard, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like I want the guy who actually has sort of anything. Like, it could even be extreme sadness. If they were like, yeah, you know, we suck, we're gonna suck tomorrow, and we suck the day after that. Like, to me, that's at least better than being like, like the Scott service, where he just never says anything yeah. ever. You know? And that's what draws me to players, too. The ones or who you expressive. could be the
2: guy with the lightsaber.
0: True. Yeah, we should all strive to be more like Sean Doolittle.
2: Jerry get Sean Doolittle.
0: Yeah. Or Sean Doolittle, come on the Lookout Landing podcast. Why I'm a baseball player not a baseball fan <laughs> be five minutes long just him saying i'm really good at baseball and people keep hiring me to play baseball but the hope the hope is what i think we all need mm-hmm. like it's so easy to forget that that's sort of the whole reason because like hope can mean different things for different people it's not the hope of making the playoffs maybe it's the mm-hmm. hope of we get to watch baseball like i'm hoping that i'm gonna be able to watch baseball all season and then it'll be fun like i think that should be enough you know Cause mm-hmm. that's what got it everyone into it originally i think like i didn't when i was a kid i didn't wake up every day and say i really hope the mariners win the world series i would wake up saying i want to watch the mariners tonight yeah you know what i mean and you have to kind of have that reminder that it's not all about the great you know pie in the sky or whatever it's about like you deserve to be happy in ways that aren't tied to things mm-hmm. you know
2: and this a baseball, is a therapy part. Baseball of the it's podcast. so hard to get to the playoffs. It's hard.
0: It is hard, and especially when you have the fucking Astros in your division who are stealing all of our information, <laughs> which probably isn't great anyway. But give it back.
2: We want our signs <laughs> Can back. You return it.
0: Oh man. Okay. Well, Brittany has to go live a real life. Well, <laughs> I have. I have to edit a podcast. We're both. We're both contributing to society. Yeah, I, I would so. say. I
2: think
0: so. Um, do you have anything to plug? Anything you want to? To promote, get off your chest. Any wild <laughs> predictions?
2: Wild predictions. Um I predict that Jerry is never ever gonna uh, sign Sergio Romo, no matter how many times I tweeted out to the universe. We're gonna end up being the only team in it will be that never had him. And uh, it's gonna break my heart.
0: But this seems like you're trying to do something here. You're trying to, to put that <laughs> me wrong, energy. Jerry. energy yeah. Prove my own. Jerry DePoto, you won't sign Sergio <laughs> Romo tomorrow. <laughs>
2: Who would do that?
0: <laughs> yeah, who amongst us would try to sign a fun baseball player <laughs> to add to your. I wanted them to sign Bartolo for 2019 because I was like, we don't have a bullpen. Bullpen's going to be all minor leaguers. Just get someone who the fans want to see. Yeah. Like, you have to at some point start thinking like an entertainment agent. I mean, like, who can we put in this production that'll elevate it a little bit? That's almost always Bartolo Colomb. Even when he's going to be like 65 years old, I want him. Even just like first base coach, just get him on the field somewhere.
2: Yeah, like backup mascot.
0: Backup mascot, yeah, that's great. But then no one would know that it was him.
2: Well, he doesn't have to have a costume. Oh,
0: you're (laughs) you're just saying that he is the mascot? Just
2: like, you know, he just dances on the dugout, whatever. I don't
0: know if I'd rather see Bartolo (laughs) Cologne just be himself as a mascot or actually put on the moose costume and moose around. But how
2: do you know he hasn't?
0: That's a great point. What if, yeah, pitchers, when they're not pitching, could easily fill in for the mascot? You know, contribute in other ways. They make enormous salaries. They should at least do one other thing besides just baseball. Come on. Slackers. Yeah, maybe mow some grass, you know, sell some hot dogs. It's the least they could do. Yeah. Cool. All right, Brittany. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Um, Do you want to tell people where they can follow you on the internet?
2: I am at Brittany Bush, B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y-B-U-S-H on Twitter. I hope you like Seattle City politics as well as baseball. That's what I do. Beautiful. But I'd be happy to see you there.
0: Yes, we're all happy to see all of your beautiful smiling faces on Twitter <laughs> every morning. It's what I look forward to every day. I am at M. Robertson 22 read Lookout Landing, um, rate this podcast on iTunes if you feel so inclined. This is the best manners podcast in the world, and Ooh. we're not going to act like it's not, so... Please say nice things about us on all platforms. And uh, until next time, bye. Do you want to do a bye? Bye. I want to be bigger than Jesus and bigger than wrestling. Bigger than the Beatles and bigger than breast implants. I going to be the biggest thing to hit these little kids. Bigger than guns, bigger than cigarettes.